Today's episode of the Slash Filmcast is brought to you by HelloFresh. Please visit HelloFresh.com and use the promo code FILMCAST to save $35 off your first week of deliveries. That's HelloFresh, H-E-L-L-O-F-R-E-S-H.com and use promo code FILMCAST for $35 off your first week of deliveries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Slash Filmcast, the official podcast of SlashFilm.com. I'm David Chen, and with me are... Vendor Hardware. And Jeff Kanata. And welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. Find more episodes of our podcast at SlashFilmcast.com. You can also email us at SlashFilmcast at gmail.com. Some big news announced this week, Devinder Hardware. Jumper. The biggest news. The yeah. biggest news, Jumper. Uh, the TV series, uh, or the I should say YouTube Red series, is coming, right? <laughs> Somebody got your letters, Dave. That's right. I've been writing Doug all Lyman. these letters. It's been Doug, and it's Doug Lyman still doing it. So clearly, like, Doug Lyman just loves that movie, and he wants to make Dave's dream come true, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's a, it's a continuation of the universe of Jumper. <laughs> Hashtag uh, one movie and a YouTube Red series. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Jeff, did you see the Jumper movie with Hayden? I Christensen? sure did. What did you think of it? TRS. I, I liked it. I, I, I had some big problems with it, but um, overall, I found the concept really fun, and and uh, you know, I think I think it's not a great movie by any yeah. stretch, in my opinion. But it, but it, I had a good time watching. Did it. you guys ever uh, see the Tomorrow People, the uh, British show? No. Mm-hmm. So that, that's like a sci-fi show also about kids who can teleport. And that show is fantastic. Uh, I grew up watching that, both the older stuff and the more modern one. And I wish Jumper was that interesting, unfortunately. But it's, uh, it look, the money is on the screen in that movie, right? <laughs> Dude's on a pyramid at one point. <laughs> <laughs> for, some uh, for, some, for some backstory, Jumper, uh, in case you can't tell, is not a very good film. Uh, it is at best a, an OKB okay movie. But it's a movie that has wormed its way into my heart. Because I actually read the Jumper book, I think by I know Stephen, a lot of people who love yeah, the books, by yeah. Gould, and uh, yeah, uh, great book. And uh, Hayden Christensen, I didn't think he did a great job acting, but just the jumping effect I thought was super cool. And so for that reason alone, uh, you have I have a simple need, simple yeah, needs simple pr- simple man for simple pleasures. You know, that's me. Uh, <laughs> and Devinder has mercilessly mocked my. Uh, nominal affection for that film for many, many yeah. years. So seeing that uh, there is now a jumper YouTube red, it looks like a pilot, not even uh, a series, uh, but a, a jumper pilot uh, made Devendra feel like uh, I was the one that rooted for it because it seems like no one else is. Uh, but is it an announcement of a pilot or is the pilot viewable now? It's I, coming next year, I think. Yeah. Next year. So I wonder the about from The Rock. I wonder about – yeah, so like, clearly they got some cash money to spend mm-hmm. and, and that's my big curiosity. You know, Jumper – I think the thing that I liked about Jumper is the fact that, you know, you have this teleportation power. If you had a teleportation power, you'd use it all the time, you know, and most most <laughs> movies – uh, most movies that have superpowers, they use it, you know, sparingly because it's expensive to show superpowers in movies. Uh, but I liked that in Jumper, the guy's constantly jumping. He's constantly teleporting. And uh, I wonder on the scale of a YouTube Red series. But if you've got, like, Dwayne The Rock Johnson money, maybe you do have enough money to yeah. make this thing look they good. They want to compete with Netflix and everything. I do remember that one shot from Jumper where he's just, like, running and jumping 
through like it's like a long tracking shot almost but it's like jumping through different environments yeah and they yeah. clearly had to shoot awesome. it in each of those locations like yeah. you could just green screen that shit so see Devendra, so money Devendra, Devendra, you're you're kind of getting seduced by the pleasure so of much Jumper. money wasted they have a big fight through like a bunch yeah. of environments too like they're yeah. rolling and punching each other and teleporting how throughout. much does that cost man yeah. So something that I actually, for some reason, I've been wanting to do uh, just randomly is Rachel Bilson's character Millie is uh, Hayden uh-huh. Christensen's, uh, you know, character's David, his his love interest in the film. Uh, half of Millie's lines, at least half, maybe sixty to seventy percent of her lines uh, are the word David, uh, and I kind of want to make a supercut of just all the times that she says David in that film because it's basically. That is like more than half of her role. Yeah, um, that's a deep cut. A deep super cut. <laughs> yeah, a deep super cut. That's right. A, a super cut that no one gives a crap about except me and maybe two other people. Uh, so, two other Davids. Yeah, two other Davids. Exactly right. Uh, anyway, uh, I'll be excited to see what Doug Levin comes up with. Uh, YouTube Red, uh, interesting value proposition, $10 per month. Do any of you subscribe yet to YouTube Red? No, oh. but I kind of want to kill those ads, so I may do it just for that. I got one of the new Google Home devices, uh, uh-huh. the the Home Assistants, uh, which comes with six months of YouTube Red. Uh, I, I have like a few Alexas already. I kind of just wanted to see how it compares, so uh, I'll, I'll be trying out YouTube compare? Red. Uh, I don't. Uh, it's um, not shipping until early November. So, oh, uh, but uh, yeah, once I get that, they, it comes with six months of YouTube Red, so I'll be able to give you guys my review of it at that time. Uh, and it looks like I'll be able to watch the pilot of Jumper, guys. So, wow, it's all coming up, Chen. <laughs> Everything's coming up, Chen. <laughs> so, anyway, today uh, on the Slash Filmcast, if you haven't stopped listening already, um, <laughs> what we're going to do is talk about uh, what we've been watching, and then we got a Slash Film Court this week. And uh, then we are going to conclude with an in-depth review of The Accountant. A movie that may be worse than Jumper. So uh, Mm, it mm. it all comes back around. Mm. Well, you know, a lot of... uh well, all right. we'll, we'll talk about the, the puns around the name, but I think I think my favorite one was shared by Matt Singer regarding The Accountant. Uh, good Wick Hunting. Good Wick mm. Hunting. It's a Get good it? effort. It's a combination of the golf clap, yeah. John Wick and Goodwill Hunting. Anyway, mm. <laughs> uh, what a crazy film. I'm looking forward to discussing with yeah. you guys. Anyway, let's get into what we've been watching this week. Just wanted to mention, I had a chance to see Christopher Guest's newest film, Mascots, which is uh, now out on Netflix. Netflix really bringing it with the uh, original content. Uh, they, I think they said they spend $6 billion on it in the next year. Crazy amount of stuff they're putting out and getting some really talented directors to uh, create cool stuff for them. Uh, Mascots is uh, one of the newest original films. Jeff Kanata, you and I are both fans of uh, Christopher Guest. And, uh, huge, you, huge fan of Christopher Guest. Uh, dwindling every every film, though it seems. You uh, saw, you, so you saw Mascots as well, and it sounds I like did. you were disappointed. Why is that? Massively disappointed, and it seems like each of his subsequent films is is not as good as is the last. Uh, I don't think anything has reached Waiting for Guffman Heights, and uh, you know, but they are they were still good for a while. Best in Show and Mighty Wind, and and then it's sort of like these things just kind of keep tapering off. And uh, Mascots is a very familiar formula. It's contestants of a thing leading up to the contest of the thing, 
folk, uh, fake documentary. Uh, they're all weird characters. And wait, you know, did you just describe uh, Waiting for Guffman or Best in Show or Mighty Wind? Oh, oh, wait, it's the new one. Sorry. Uh, no, what about the what's the acting one? That for was your consideration. The, for your oh, that was so bad. Um, yeah, and it's this one as well. You know, right? He's he's got a very at this point tired formula, and I hate saying that. I hate saying that because <laughs> Jeff's hating I, himself right now. Yeah, I worshipped at the feet of this guy when I was when these movies were first coming out. You know, Guffman. I was in acting school when when Guffman came out and like of course it was it was everything it was you know all the stuff that was right in my wheelhouse it was so funny and fun and mm-hmm. uh, best in show you know is so quotable and so smart and so funny and then they just kept being the same thing over and over and the characters are wackier and wackier and it just it feels like he's losing his his connection with any kind of real world and also I really hate to say this uh, because it's kind of unfair, but I feel like Mascots is kind of the B team. I mean, there are some of his <laughs> A list players, but a lot of his A list players are not present. And there's a whole new group of, of players, and I don't know if they're as strong as, as his old gang. Um, it, I, I don't know if you feel the same way, Dave, but I was massively disappointed with this because as soon as it appeared on Netflix, I started watching it because I was so excited, hoping that he could, you know, reclaim past glories. And the idea of mascots is a funny one. Like the people bu- underneath the the furry, you know, costumes. I think that's a great place. You've never really seen anything kind of about that, but it just fell f- so flat for me. Yeah, I I mostly agree. I, I was not quite as harsh as that on the film as you, but I agree it's not super funny to me. And I think one of the big reasons for that is because uh, the mockumentary format has already been perfected in Christopher Guest's absence. You know, mm-hmm. we've seen many many seasons of The Office and Modern Family and documentary now too, like just directly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. It, it just it feels like it's already played out and. Well, he did it first. I mean, you can't say like the oh, the office and all that. I mean, he was doing that. Yeah. Those only no, no, I, exist I because he blazed that trail. But that's sure. It. That's that's, 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 that's exactly are. my point, though. Is that he blazed the trail? Others, you know, took the reins, ran with it. In some ways, drove it into the ground, and now he's I mean, trying should, to get he's trying to get back on that trail again, Jeff. Yeah. You know? I, I agree, but let me let me just say because I know I'll stop some emails that people are already writing me. <laughs> uh, I know Spinal Tap. I know. Okay. Yeah. I know. Okay. Spinal Tap's fun. <laughs> That's, that's yeah. it. So I, I honestly was surprised this wasn't a series because I thought, oh, he's doing Netflix. He's going to do a series, right? He's going to do something different. And uh, now it's, it's just no. I, I mean, I th- I think yeah. Jeff, you'll agree that uh, the <laughs> the film can barely support the premise for the, yeah. the running time of that film, which is not uh, super long. It's like a ninety minute movie. Yeah, yeah. I I think uh, you know that in and of itself. So doing a really good mockumentary, we've already seen it done on a weekly basis for a very long time from many different shows. Um, so that removes the novelty of the mockumentary that that still existed when uh, a movie like Best in Show came out. Uh, but beyond that, it's the same tropes, too. Yeah. You know, it's the same, uh, it's the same kind of kinds of characters, and it's the same uh, foibles, and it's the same attitude that the movie seems to have towards those characters. That truly is what feels like monotonous to me. Not that it's just a mockumentary, um, because you can still make a good mockumentary today. It's that 
it, it just it feels almost indistinguishable. Like there is a scene in Mascots of uh, an old man who who is like much smaller and looks more frail than Jennifer Coolidge talking about how they fell in love with Jennifer Coolidge, and yeah. it felt like a scene from Best in Show. I mean, I know she was married to a different uh, like a dude that didn't talk that much in that movie, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah, it's this exact visual. Talk all yeah, day long. The visual exactly um, is is the same, and it just feels like he's out of ideas a little bit. And I'm, I'm actually I'm actually cool with the. Uh, with the newer cast members, because I feel like, hey, at least they're kind of infusing this thing with some, with some fresh blood. You know what I mean? Um, I guess, I, and I agree with you that it's not mockumentary that is the problem. It's mockumentary in about a contest, and it's the people from all over the country traveling to the place to have the contest, and right. it's the judges who are ridiculous judges, and you know, it's like it is beat for beat the same movie, and it's not just twice; it's five, six times now. You know? Yeah, yeah. So I was disappointed, uh, and it sounds like you were too. And it sounds like a lot of people reviewing this film were, uh, and wanting Christopher Guest to, to try something new, uh, because it does feel a little bit warmed over. It does feel a little bit played out. So, uh, so that being said, you know, uh, if you are a diehard Christopher Guest fan, you you might still enjoy Mascots. So check that out on Netflix. But otherwise, uh, there's probably other better mockumentary stuff going on on television right now. Uh, all right, Jeff Kanata, you've been watching something to prepare for a future slash filmcast, right? Indeed, um, I somehow I don't even know how that happened, but I somehow missed Jack Reacher, the first the first film, the first Jack Reacher film um, when it went around. I don't know what I was doing, but uh, I didn't I never saw it, and so I rectified that. I didn't want to go into the sequel having not seen the first Jack Reacher because I didn't want to be lost. I mean, what is this guy? Who is this, this Tom What's Cruise his name? fella? I don't know. What's he all about? Is he gonna is he gonna be able to pull it off? Um, <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I actually had a real misconception about what Jack Reacher was. I I just assumed it was a big bombastic action film. And I found it to be much more interesting than that. Yeah, there's uh, certainly a big action set piece toward the end, but most of the movie is not an action movie at all. Yeah. I thought it was going to be a very uh, sort of Mission Impossible light, you know, where, where you had Tom Cruise just being awesome and beating people up the, the whole movie and running and, you know, doing stunts. But it really uh, – it's much more of a mystery. It's much more – It's like um, his character from Few Good Men, if that character could fight it's, kill, if, if kill people. If Few Good Men and uh, Ethan Hunt had a baby. Right, right. That would be Jack Reacher, I guess. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean it's it's uh it's really a cool setup because you see a crime happen at the beginning and then a different person is accused of it. So you as the audience know right more than the characters in the film and and seeing them get there it, it's it's not played out like a mystery in the sense of um of who done it. It's played out like a mystery in the sense of how does all this line up? Like It's almost like the accountant too. Like they, it is a similar sort of like weird corporate mystery in a way yeah yeah i mean yeah it's mm-hmm. yeah, i, I really it's thought done so much better yeah. it's really good i i really liked it it's like all of a sudden um uh robert duvall shows up and it's like oh <laughs> what's robert duvall doing in what this is movie? Werner herzog doing in this movie oh and like, Werner herzog oh my god yeah is 
He's like a hundred percent Werner Herzog. It's, he never has there been more Werner Herzog. They just he it's, just showed up to set and they're just like you, you, you Christopher McQuarrie you, didn't give him any direction. He just said, your "Be yourself, be yourself." Yeah. That's all you it's need to do. So great. I mean, <laughs> it's this I think like it was when he showed up is the point where I knew this movie was brilliant. Like, well, the thing that's so great is like the movie is a really sort of um, it takes itself very seriously and it's grounded and it's sort of like you know it's. It's serious. I mean, the the beginning of the movie is really dark. I mean, you yeah, see that opening just sequence murdered. is chilling. Like yeah, I, 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 I remember it happened like after a mass shooting. Yes. Like, uh, or I remember yes. I watched the movie for the first time after a real life mass shooting had happened, uh, which could describe any number of you know months. You know, but we, uh, we talked about that in our review. Yeah, yeah but it was very troubling at the time. Uh, and but then still you know, is. Yeah, you ha- yes, you have you have this very dark tone, and then Werner Herzog shows up, and it's like, <laughs> oh, a, a, a comic book character. You know, it's a, it's kind of awesome how like chewing the scenery. He, I mean, no pun intended. Yeah, uh, but uh, <laughs> I get that. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, he's just so deliciously evil. You know, it's great. Uh, so you were a fan, it sounds like, of Jack Reed. I really liked it, yeah. I, yeah. I was I was um, intrigued by the inner workings of how it was all going to line up and how people were going to figure things out and how like how Jack Reacher puts together the truth of what happened is really yeah. smart and really interesting. Who and, pays for parking? <laughs> yeah, exactly. The quarter. Um, <laughs> I, I thought it was great. I really thought it was it, – yeah. it surprised me as being more than just a co- sort of disposable genre movie. I just I thought it was And you could see cool. like a lot of what uh, Christopher McQuarrie would end up doing in Rogue Nation too. Yeah. Like, yeah. The chase sequence is slow but it's inventive in a really cool way. Yeah, that movie yeah. is was instrumental to getting Christopher McQuarrie the Rogue Nation job. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would recommend the Q&A podcast where Christopher McQuarrie talks about uh, him getting the job for Jack Reacher because you think about Tom Cruise – who has Tom Cruise worked with in terms of directors in his Everybody. life? You know, like Stanley Kubrick. He's worked with uh, yeah. Brad Bird. He's worked with John Woo, you know, uh, Brian De Palma. Just talk about the Mission Impossible movies alone. He's worked with a ton of uh, – <laughs> And those uh, are all like handpicked choices by him, like people he thinks are interesting to make, you know, a great Mission Impossible movie. Right. Oliver Stone, you know, like every yeah. major uh, director in the world – Cameron Crowe. I'm going to stop now. Um, but point being, Ron Howard. <laughs> he's worked with like every like major director, and for uh, Christopher McQuarrie, not an untalented guy, mm-hmm. but not nearly as uh, well established as any of the people I just named. To yeah. get a job directing a Tom Cruise film uh, was uh, like a huge step for him, a huge kind of career move for him. Uh, and it has, you know, led to a lot of the Christopher McQuarrie stuff we've seen today, which is awesome. So yeah, and there's a um, there's a car chase in, yeah. the, in the movie yes. that is yeah. so interesting. Yeah, I've never seen a car chase like that. There's like moments of it being really slow. There's moments where you, I never, for one second, doubted that the actors were actually driving the cars. Right, yeah, he makes mistakes, they, which yeah. is interesting. Yeah, it's so great. And and there's like all these wonderful shots of like going in really tight and then pulling out wide as the car's doing stuff that probably is an effect shot, but it really sells the idea that Tom Cruise and um, Jai Courtney are actually driving the cars, even though I know clearly they probably weren't most of the time. But it, it's it's just shot in a way I've never seen a car chase shot. It's cool. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yeah. So how did you watch Jack Reacher, Jeff Kanata? Um Amazon uh, rented on 
HD Amazon. I did notice right it's also on sale on iTunes too. If, if you just want, oh, it yeah. is a total blind buy. It's eight dollars. It has a couple special features, but it's eight dollars. Eight dollars. Come on, less than the price of a movie ticket these days, unless you're going to a matinee. Or pop- uh, yeah, or popcorn. Anyway, uh, Jack Reacher. I have a feeling we'll be uh, talking more about the Jack Reacher universe in the near future. Anyway, uh, that's what Jeff Kanata's been watching. Devinder Hardor, you've been watching a couple TV shows, right? Yeah, um, I've restarted Halt and Catch Fire, which is the AMC show. Are, are, do you guys watch this thing? Because it's no. actually it's pretty interesting. It had a really rough start. I reviewed it. Had a really it, rough uh, start because I think uh, yeah. I read a review that Devinder wrote that says Halt and Catch Fire needs to control alt delete. Yes. Ooh, sing. It it did. It did need that because the pilot is not good. And actually, the first episodes are kind of rough, too, because it's about these people working for a small um, Texas computer company who are, you know, trying to build an IBM PC clone of their own. Uh, Riveting television, guys. Like it is the setup just sounds just as, you know, (laughs) hardcore as like Mad Men or something. And the thing is, too, like it had so much Mad Men and Breaking Bad in it. Like the two characters feel like John Draper Light and Walter White Light, uh, played by Lee Pace and Scoop McNary. Uh, And it took a long time for the show to get out of that. But I want to give it another go because people have been talking a lot about this season. Yeah, and apparently and like how, the, the second and third season are very different than the first season, yes. right? Yeah. Which is a good thing. And from what I hear, uh, those seasons focus on the women in the storyline, uh, played by Mackenzie, Mackenzie Davis, who's like a young ha- hacker girl, and Carrie Bichet, who is uh, the wife of the Scoop McNary character, who's also like technically uh, very smart too, but she also struggled being a mom. And their stories are so much more interesting. So I'm about, I'm almost at the end of the first season now. Uh, now that I'm like used to the dudes who are just not as intriguing as the show wanted them to be, I'm more invested in the overall story because of the women and because of you know their dream to build a, <laughs> a computer of their own. Like just the the process of creation and everything, I think is really uh, fun to watch. Uh, but mainly, I'm catching up to get to seasons two and three. Just want to say, I think it's been worth it. Uh, although, if you really want to get into the show, I think you could just watch the pilot just to like get the setup and go straight to episode nine of the first season. Because like, yeah, it's a it's a rough going in between that. Uh, but I like it. I love the style of the show still. Um, it's very much set in the 80s. There's a lot of 80s music and a lot of like things uh, from that area. But they also aren't afraid to like bring in modern music and, I don't know, some like allusions to things that could be happening in the future. And they don't make it too cute. Um, mostly it's about the journey of these characters, and I think that's been interesting so far. So, Halt and Catch Fire, watch the pilot, then go straight to episode 9. That's my recommendation. All right. And uh, I think you've been checking out one other show, right, Devendra? Yeah. Uh, Issa Ray's show. Um, she used to do a web show, but uh, she has Insecure now on HBO, which is a story about just her life in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. The second uh, web series that became an HBO show. So yes. After you, I made you, yeah, yeah. If you want to be a well-regarded uh, drama or comedy, uh, creating a high-quality web series might be a way to get there. Or maybe, yeah. Doing – I mean, it's the same as it ever was, right? Do something good. And do something interesting, and uh, maybe you'll get noticed and picked up. And I haven't seen her web show before, but this show is pretty fantastic. It just kind of deals with her life in L.A., uh, the issues she's dealing with. And it comes at it more from, like, you know, a black perspective, which I think is really interesting. It's fascinating to go from, like, watching Hype Maintenance. The last episode deals with 
some very very selfish and narcissistic people uh uh especially like um you know white hipsters from new york it's a very different experience from like going to somebody in la who is living a very different life and i think she's funny it's really well written i really care for her character and everything she's doing and uh, her perspective in all this is pretty great too so definitely worth a watch it is not annoying me like so many other shows about um young people having you know relationship issues in their 20s and 30s man relationship issues in your 20s and 30s uh it can it can be really taxing uh but before i expand on that thought uh insecure is the name of uh, the yes. show and it's on hbo right now so okay. check that out did any of you by the way finish vice principles i'm just curious yeah. it's uh i like it it's it is i mean it's just as it's their comedy is so weird, right? It's it's very uncomfortable. Very it's uncomfortable. very like dark. But did it, did it all add up to something satisfying at the end of the I first liked season? It. I I've got through three episodes. I'm looking forward to getting through the rest. So it gets more interesting, yeah, as it goes yeah. on. Cool. All right. Well anyway, you know, one of the toughest things when you are in a relationship and you're both working and you're both busy, finding time to cook together, guys. Uh and this or can just be... to eat food that isn't store-bought and fast. What are your meals like these days, Jeff Kanata, as a new father? Well, I'm fortunate because uh, I have a, an awesome service that will deliver food right to my door and lets me cook it. And I can cook for my wife and she uh, falls deeper in love with me because I can do that. Uh, okay, cool. I think you're talking about HelloFresh, our sponsor this week. Uh, at what? Hello, HelloFresh.com. Use promo code FILMCAST to get $35 off your first week of deliveries. But I meant before HelloFresh, Jeff. Like, what, oh. what were you eating? What were you eating uh, before you, you tasted the fruits <laughs> of HelloFresh goodness? We, uh, we, we would just eat dirt. and uh, <laughs> Like dry- ro- rocks? You know? Yeah. We had no – there was no – Sustenance. We're lucky. My child may not have survived were it not for HelloFresh and their <laughs> their incredibly fresh delivery service. Uh, it sounds like a joke, but my goodness, uh, it, it, I wish, Dave, if I had one wish this holiday season, it would be for all the children of the world to join hands and sing out in the spirit of harmony. No, it would be to uh, that that when I was single and dating, yes. I had something like HelloFresh. To wow my my uh, the, the people I was dating, the ladies in, in in my life, because my goodness, when you cook something yourself, it, it, it you can infuse love into it, and and uh, you can infuse love into it, huh? Okay, yeah, Continue. you get love infused in your fast food. There's no love in there's other stuff, but it's not love. <laughs> It is. I mean, it, it's funny how like just making something on your own makes it taste differently. I guess or yeah, it's it's so, a little, it's a little bit of pride in there. In it. You know, yeah. you know all the ingredients that are in it. There's not going to be a bunch of garbage because you put all, every ingredient in. And do, what is better for a date than inviting someone over and cooking for them? Like that is a magical thing, and it shows that you're, you know, uh, you, you have skills. And these, this HelloFresh makes it so easy because it has step by step instructions that are very clear and very easy to follow. You don't have to go to the grocery store and pick things up. You don't have to worry about what the meal is. It takes care of all that for you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so HelloFresh is, is a meal kit delivery service that makes cooking fun, easy, and convenient. Uh, things come all in a box. And one thing that's great about that is like you don't have any like 
three leftover onions from your trip to the grocery store that you need to figure out how to use. You know what I mean? Like it gives you the right proportion. So uh, you cook enough for two to four people and you're done. And uh, you have a delicious meal that you made infused with Jeff's love uh, that can then be served to everyone. And uh, for that reason, it it feels different than just going out and uh, grabbing takeout. Uh, But yeah, each week, HelloFresh creates new delicious recipes with step-by-step instructions designed to take around 30 minutes 30 minutes so that everyone from novices to seasoned home cooks uh, short on time uh, can make this work. And something I actually enjoyed about using HelloFresh, because we've all used it, is uh, that you can, you can continue using the recipes like after uh, the food shipment is gone. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you can they, don't, still- they don't just burn up. It's uh, you can go back and get the ingredients and get what you want. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, it's and that's it's kind of cool that way because it's kind of a way of like teaching you about yeah. like how to cook too. You know what I mean? You're like, learning skills. It's actually yeah. pretty useful. Yeah, I've actually gotten better at chopping things, um, and and I have found honestly the joy of cooking. And I'm not even exaggerating what whatsoever. I never was a, a big cook. I you know I I really wasn't as a bachelor. I would eat mm-hmm. garbage, but because Literally. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. Uh, because the two main things that I hated about cooking were figuring out what to have. Mm-hmm. It just felt so daunting and overwhelming to like search the web for recipes or whatever. And then going to the grocery store and buying it. It just all felt so tedious. Those are the two things that are solved by HelloFresh. Yeah. You know what you're going to have. And it shows up, as you said, in a little box. I've used um, some competitors to HelloFresh. And one of the most annoying things is when you get them, you have to, like, divide all the food up. And we used to put them in big um, Ziploc bags. HelloFresh comes in individually packaged little boxes. It makes it so easy. You get the box. You just take out the little, the little compartment and put it in the fridge. It's so easy. Yeah. So HelloFresh.com. Uh, go there and use the promo code FILMCAST to save $35 off your first week of deliveries. That's HelloFresh.com. Use promo code FILMCAST to save $35 off. Uh, thanks so much to HelloFresh for sponsoring us this week. And uh, thanks for giving us some delicious food, too, because uh, that was pretty awesome. So HelloFresh.com. I had raviolis. Yeah. I had uh, some fried chicken uh, or pan fried chicken. It was pretty oh, really? pretty tasty. Yeah. I had like a salmon thing with a citrus salad. That was pretty good. Nice. nice. So... Uh, so again, HelloFresh.com, promo code FILMCAST. All right, let's get in to this week's Slash Film Court. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Slash Film Court! You are out of order! You're out of order! You're out of order! The whole trial is out of order! Court's adjourned. Slash Film Court! All right. So for those who don't know, the Slash Film Court is a weekly segment where we try to adjudicate your movie-related dilemmas. You can always write into us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. Let us know what your dilemmas are. And this email comes in from Josh from New Zealand. Uh, Josh writes in, My movie dilemma has to do with kids' movies. I adore animated movies. Most of my favorite films are Pixar films. Being a 23-year-old male, most of my similarly-aged friends won't go to these supposed kids' movies with me, so I go by myself. I don't mind going by myself, and that's not really the problem. The problem arises from my age and the genre of the films. When the question uh, went around my work, the consensus vote was that me going by myself is creepy. 
I'm not an inherently creepy looking guy, so it's not that it's purely the age and gender that makes me uh, watching a kid's movie creepy. Sometimes I'll see people I know at the movies while I'm buying my tickets, and they're going to see a different movie, and they'll boo me while I pay. What are your thoughts on the creepy male moviegoer? Am I right? Uh, and should I tell them to listen to your show for justification, or should I have to cave to peer pressure and just wait for the Blu-ray release? The First movie- of all, how do you know if you're a creepy-looking guy or not? <laughs> I mean, you have that mustache, and you have that uh, you have a shirt. Are, you, that just are says, creepy-looking uh, guys self-aware enough? Do they know? Yeah, that it's kind of like knowing like if you have bad breath or not. It's very hard, right? Like, yeah, yeah, look, how, how look you know? to your left. Look to your right. If you don't see a creepy-looking guy. You are. <laughs> You're it. You're it. You're the creepy looking guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So th- there's a, yeah, a number of questions this email raises, Jeff. Uh, one of them is, yeah, how do you know if you're creepy looking? Another question, uh, this line here, quote, sometimes I'll see people I know at the movies while I'm buying my ticket and they're going to see a different movie and they boo me while I pay. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know how what, things what the work hell in is New it? Zealand. Yeah, what that, the hell that's is some that? bullshit. That is some bullshit. Because those are the people who are probably like, no, nah, I don't want to go see that kids movie. Those are the people who would have helped you. You know, not I've never experienced that. That that seems <laughs> yeah. really extreme. Yeah, it's really, yes. I don't know. In, in New Zealand, maybe they're like, bay. You know, maybe it's, it, you just don't understand it. <laughs> is that your version <laughs> of a New Zealand boo, Jeff? <laughs> yeah, that's why they bay. Okay, that's, right? I'm going to hear that in my nightmares. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, so part of it seems like this person needs new friends and coworkers yes. in the sense of, you know, you shouldn't have people around you who are going to boo you for seeing The Incredibles. <laughs> like, that's just not cool, you know? <laughs> I just don't understand that. Yeah. Well, I mean, we've talked to a lot of people who just feel weird going to see a movie alone in general, right? You yeah. feel like a weirdo. Yeah. I think, like, there are all these things you have to work through. Given that I yeah we've had to review so many kids movies I've had to go see movies on my own in the movie in the mornings uh, typically when parents bring their really young kids in too uh, that's how I saw Zootopia that was a nightmare but I didn't feel like a freak I just felt like oh man there are all these screaming kids around me it's more of an annoyance for you. Uh, because you have to deal with the kids and you can't complain because they're kids' movies. Uh, so, you so, could go later. Well, yeah, okay, I, I think you're skipping ahead a little here, though, Devendra. Uh-huh. I think you're skipping ahead, which is to say that, of course, it is fine for you to see a kids' movie yes. that you pay to see, right? I think we yes. all agree with that. I think. Uh, How you it, deal with the booze, that's the question. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's actually a surprise to me, you know, when I would invite some of my friends to go see a Pixar film and they say, oh, I don't go see kids' movies. Yeah, you know? yeah, and that was actually shocked me the first few times that happened because I thought, like, oh, I thought, I thought everyone loved Pixar movies. Like, I thought you didn't need to be a kid to enjoy Pixar films. So I, I share uh, Josh's <laughs> surprise at uh, at people kind of being down on that because, in yeah. my opinion, animation is a medium. You know, it's not a genre. And you can use it to tell all kinds of – look at Sausage Party this summer. You know what I mean? Like you can use it to tell all kinds of uh, crazy stories. So uh, so that was a, a rude awakening for me, certainly. Um, but in terms of whether you have the right to go to these movies or whether you should wait for the Blu-ray, heck no, man. I would say you should there, – there's probably things you can do to minimize your perceived creepiness. Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Uh, Don't wear the free candy T-shirt. I mean, yeah, number number one is yeah. Number one is find uh, find someone to go with you. You know, like which I, I guess is this person's problem is that he has a lot of difficulty finding people to go with him. But Jeff, you you and I saw Zootopia together. You know, I don't think either of us felt creepy. I mean, there was a lot of booing, at us. <laughs> but that had nothing to do with how creepy we were. That's right. It does, the time that you go also makes a difference, right? Few parents will be bringing kids into like a late night movie. Yeah. You know, so basically, see, you know, you should see Inside Out at like a nine fifty five p.m. screening, and then you'll be all set. 
I hate to sound like an old guy here, but he's 23. <laughs> he, he's basically a kid himself. Like, this is not... Snap. Snap. Yeah, it's only going to get worse, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Try being a 30-something going to see a kid's movie. Yeah, 23. I mean, come on. How can, I don't understand. I don't even understand how this is a problem for this guy yet. <laughs> well, what's funny, too, is that, um, like, some playgrounds require you to be there with a kid. Yeah. Right? That's, yeah. And that's that sort of thing. They, that rule does not exist for kids' movies, but I think people of that mentality, like really overprotective parents tend to freak out if there's just like a lone adult in a kid's space. And I've seen people freak out for stuff like that. So it may relate to that. Which is a quasi reasonable, like emotion to feel. It is. But also I, I think we know like statistically, like your kid won't be kidnapped. So, so let's, let's say that like our overall advice is you, you should continue to see whatever the hell movies you want. Yes. Um, if you pay for them, you know, and but also there's probably things you can do to minimize the level of creepiness. Uh, bringing someone with you, even if they're like a male you or a female, you have to bring someone with him. Let's calm down. I didn't say you have to. I'm just saying if you want to feel dare more. You, Dave. I'm just it saying if like you want... the, that's not the most useful advice though right now. Yeah, for him. He's for him, tried bringing a, people. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Come All on, right. Dave. All right. All right, and then the other thing is, as Domingo suggested, like go during screenings where there might be fewer children. Although. I it, I don't know if that might you're actually just surrounded by the creeps that might <laughs> that might actually amplify the creepiness. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm not sure. That's kind of a risky gambit. But um, it's just all dudes in trench coats at that screening. Yeah, I hope not. <laughs> um, so all creep screening. Where yeah, it's just like creep screening. <laughs> uh, um, so yeah, any other advice for Josh from New Zealand? Wear headphones and just ignore people too. Yeah. Yeah, I think this. I think th- the thing that I would say to Josh is that you are not the problem. Other people are <laughs> society the problem. is the problem. Exactly, the children were the problem. You go, you enjoy it. You just when someone boos you, you know that you have value inside, and you're enjoying your movie. And to hell with them. Also, maybe get a shirt that says "I'm not a creep," and on the back that says "Please don't boo me." Yeah, that's uh, okay. I agree with most of what you said, Jeff. So yeah, just the end part. That you- uh, thus concludes this week's slash film court. Uh, we have ruled, and our ruling is continue seeing movies. Try not to feel bad about it, and maybe there are some things you can do to feel less of a feel like less of a creep, but it doesn't really matter that much. So. Uh, and go also on with your bad self. That's what I go on with your creep self. It will just get more and more difficult as you get older. So you might as well enjoy the relatively minimal amount of creepy uh, vibes you're giving off right now. Uh, let's move on to our review of The Accountant. You're different. Sooner or later, the difference scares people. Yeah. You think if you don't fight back, then maybe they'll like you. Stop picking on you, calling you a freak. Victim or not, make a decision. Your son is a remarkable young man. It wouldn't surprise me if he has more in common with Einstein, Mozart, and Picasso than he does with us. highly advanced cognitive skills. The obsessive personality. Can our son lead a normal life? Define normal. Maybe he 
he's capable of much more than we know. All right, guys, I'm going to read the plot summary of The Accountant from IMDb. As a math savant uncooks the books for a new client, the Treasury Department closes in on his activities and the body count starts to rise. Now, guys, (laughs) guys, this is a movie that stars Ben Affleck, Anna Kendrick, J.K. Simmons, John Bernthal. Can we agree the cast is amazing? Right, sure. yeah. great cast. Uh, it's directed by Gavin O'Connor, who has made some pretty awesome films in his life. I'm talking about Warrior, right? I'm talking about Miracle. Uh, D- Jane got a gun. I haven't seen. I heard good things. Yeah, very talented guy. And dude, guys, this is a movie that is not a sequel. It's not based on a comic book. It's a wholly original property. Ben Affleck is in the lead. Are you air quoting around that original? Ben Affleck is in the lead role, and you know he doesn't give himself lead roles that aren't like in amazing films. So, sure. so given all that pedigree, you know, do you think Jeff Kanata that this film lived up to its promise? If, what's the promise? <laughs> the promise was uh, the promise of like yeah, all these talented people, who, all these uh, talented people, you know, working on this movie that had like this very original premise that wasn't. I like, have it's one of the few movies that's not based on something, you know. That's what I'm saying. I, I have no idea <laughs> how this movie got made. I have exactly. no, I, I yeah. have no idea why this level of talent all thought it was a good idea. To be involved in this movie, I, I I'm baffled <laughs> as to why nobody stopped and went. Wait, what are we doing, guys? Is that everybody read the script? Um, for this why this movie is two and a half hours long, I will never it's know. Not two and a half hours long. It's long. It's like it's two. It's like long. two hours. It's like two hours long. It's, it's over. Two, two it's hours. a very long two hours and eight minutes. You yeah. feel old. <laughs> Uh, it's, it's like six long. hours long, you guys. <laughs> there were also like six trailers in front of this movie. So like even before I got to this movie, I just wanted to be out of there. It is. I, I was I was talking to my friend yesterday, and he goes, uh, he goes, oh, you saw the account? And I said, yeah. He's like, is it good? And I said, no. And he said, well, what do you mean? It looks so good. And I was like, really? He's like, well, why? Why is it not good? And I said, do you know what it's about? And he said. Yeah, it's about uh, Ben Affleck is like an autistic uh, uh, guy who shoots people. And I was like, yeah, did you not just hear the words that came out of your mouth? And he goes, well, what's wrong with that? And I said, do you want to watch Ben Affleck try to be autistic for two hours? Because that's what this movie makes you do. It, 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 you, tr- you have to watch Ben Affleck try to be emotionless and weird for two hours and then shoot people. It, and... I don't understand why anyone thought this was a good idea. Like I under okay, so maybe there was a, at the kernel of this there was some good intention about autism and Aspergers and like wanting to sort of champion that make 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 a hero who has those qualities or or some, maybe there was some some kernel of just good idea not good idea but good intention like a just a nice thought of like well let's. Let's do something good, but it didn't work. It didn't. It didn't. That nothing. None of that came to fruition. It just is bad, hard to watch, uninteresting. Uh, also, <laughs> this is the movie you do if you don't get to be Batman, right? Or Bourne, or Jason Bourne. This is. Right? I mean, it is. It yeah. is 
Batman. He has a bat cave. <laughs> he has an oracle. He has yeah. a Commissioner Gordon. He has uh, – it, it is it is beat for beat Batman. <laughs> and you get to be Batman. So you don't have to do this movie, dude. You're yeah. also Batman. I, I It is – this movie I found to be excruciating and I couldn't believe <laughs> the level of talent that was brought to bear to make it happen. Like it is – Bad, bad movie. <laughs> All right. Well, um, so you know, not everyone agrees with Jeff. I mean, the accountant made twenty four point seven million dollars over the weekend domestically. Eighty eight point five million dollars worldwide so far already. <laughs> so we're getting a sequel. <laughs> and I'll tell you guys, my audience was really into it. They were <laughs> clapping during some of the like very violent moments, and there was a clapping like uh, eruption at the end of the movie <laughs> people were into it yeah uh, Devinder, were you into it no <laughs> not at all um before we chose to see this movie uh i basically told dave like did you did you see the trailer did you see what they're selling as the movie here and i kind of just had an inkling like a spider sense a spider movie sense that uh this was going to be bad and yeah, it's it's pretty bad. Um, walking out of this, I also wondered how this movie got made. Um, I can't wait for Paul Shear and crew to tear into that because <laughs> I think that would be a very fun episode for them. Uh, but yeah, this movie is baffling on every single goddamn level. Like, I don't know if it's a story about an autistic person trying to like live a normal life, except he also has like spy slash superhero capabilities at the same time. I don't know why he both works for the bad guys, but still has the moral code to uh, do good things and help people. Yeah, I don't know why he feels okay shooting people. Uh, I guess autism makes him okay shooting people in the head and feeling emotionless about it. Except yeah, that's he's also super a offensive. Yeah, he's a sociopath. <laughs> that's offensive because that's something a lot of parents of autistic kids um, hear, too. Like, this is the danger of autism. Um, that's the sort of thing that people don't need to be hearing right now. The plot of this movie doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know <laughs> what is going on. John Bernthal is having fun in this. Like, I think he's the only one who knows what movie he's in. Uh, but even we'll get to that in spoilers, yeah, I guess. Yeah, we got to get to that. We got to get what to that happens there is baffling. The action <laughs> is okay, I guess. But, hold on, hold on. Okay, wait, yeah. let, me, let me say this. Let me say this, okay? So I made the, I referred to the joke Goodwick Hunting earlier on in the podcast. I honestly think, I honestly think if this movie had gotten rid of the autism element and had maybe 50 to 80% more action, I honestly think people would have loved this movie. Like, I, because I, if you look at John Wick, I think that movie is barely less ridiculous than this movie um i just because it's that movie is insane on its own right you know like this guy sure. who is has a shadowy past um but the action I, I watched it i just came back from chicago recently i watched john wick on the plane uh on my ipad and oh man the action is so good in that movie you but know the, like the action here is fine but it's nowhere near the it's level solid of it's solid i think the it's action okay. is solid and if you if if there had been way more of it I think this would be like as well regarded as John. But it's so uncreative. Like even look, you can see the action beats, but it's pretty uncreative. Like there aren't really any great choreographed flourishes or anything. It's a lot of this dude shooting a guy in the head like 
four or five times just to make sure he's extra dead. Nah, that's that's you just described John Wick too. That's what I'm saying. But I agree the choreography yeah, but in John just Wick, like flipping over the yeah, dude the, and like doing stuff. <laughs> the choreography in John Wick is a little bit better. I agree with you. Um, but yeah, I, I do think this movie was just a couple of steps away <laughs> from B movie legend. Uh, the accountant was because it, it is in many ways like so bad it's good uh, and no <laughs> you Jeff just thinks it's so bad it's bad but it's bad. yeah I, I thought it was kind of close to to breaking through into like a John Wick territory where it, it's it's ridiculous it's nuts but, but it the has stakes are very clear in John Wick though Dave like the emotional stakes are there that movie spends time kind of building that up even though it's like cliched in so many ways you know what it is you know what he's what he's fighting for what the hell is the accountant fighting for what I mean, is he doing i mean in his i can't life? i can't deny anything you're saying <laughs> everything I, you're saying is true you know why do you like i walked out of this movie also thinking uh, i think um ben affleck really wanted to be in a born movie at some point and he yeah. couldn't and this is what we got yeah i mean because it's very it's... much born too it's also about a guy with like who has these abilities and he doesn't quite understand himself too. Yeah. So doing bad things. So, you know, uh, for, first of all, head fake at the beginning of the movie, when someone, uh, one of the parents of the accountant asks like, w- you know, what do you call his condition? And he's like, I don't like to use labels. And I thought they were just going to avoid the autism thing altogether, you know, uh, and not, have it associated with that which would actually be kind of okay because then you don't need to deal with all the um the the negative connotations you're putting out into the world if you're connecting your main character to autism uh but uh they didn't do that so that was kind of a head fake for me uh but aside like getting past that part i was actually starting to like kind of get into the film a little bit you know with the whole like forensic accounting, like uh, at the most recent company I worked at, I had to do a lot of accounting work, and uh, you know, yeah, forensic. Oh, accounting. that is so. Uh, that is so fascinating. Forensic accounting. That's a that's a process that has so much cinematic potential. Um, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it does when you write everything on the wall. When you write right? everything on the wall, I think there are like confidentiality issues there. <laughs> I think there are like you know. I would uh, like to challenge yeah. Hollywood to do a film about. Uh, mental issues that doesn't involve writing on the wall. Well, you know, writing on glass looks so cool, though. Don't you? It does do- look very cool, especially yeah. And then you could be smeared later. Ah, oh, so cool. <laughs> Brian J. Roan in the chat room says, "I dug this film. I think it's the kind of insane, nonsensical, completely earnest and fun film we don't get much of anymore. For instance, I thought Affleck's disaffected, deadpan reaction to everything was what made this movie stand out. Crazy things happen, and he is implacable and unflappable. It is hilarious. What do you guys think?" I think the movie used that a lot to be hilarious. Like that, oh, he's autistic, so he can't uh, he can't emote or understand what's happening properly. But that is inherently funny. But also, sometimes it did feel like he was doing that on purpose, or like he was trying to make jokes. Um, I don't know. I don't. I don't think the movie. It didn't, you're saying it didn't work for you. It felt like a put on in some to some degree. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like a, the the incongruity of his. You know, not reacting to it is what makes it funny. But that's like a, you could do that joke once or twice. But that's like most of this movie. Also, it's not like Jason Bourne was reacting like Jackie Chan to all the crazy stuff going around him. You know what I mean? Like, I, I guess I feel like most spy movies or most of these kinds of action movies, like the the protagonist is is kind of unflappable. Um, so he I don't is, know that. There's, but... I, I don't know if there's anything remarkable about that. Uh, this movie is, is batshit insane, guys. I mean, it, it's just yeah. the plot is is nuts it's 
insanely how labyrinthine. Scenes, how many scenes do we get of him sitting in his apartment rolling a, a thing on his shin to hurt it? Like, what is that? <laughs> is that – like, I don't even know if that's a legitimate um, – apparently his father also knows how to treat autism through uh, pain, I guess. Uh, the, that All that training stuff, by the way, yeah. The stuff he's doing late at night is weird. The training stuff is like Dexter. Like his father just training him to like almost be an assassin. but It's not Batman. Like, yeah. Weird. Yeah. Uh, so the plot is ridiculously labyrinthine and uh, esoteric and just like absolutely bizarre. I don't, and then there I don't, uh, Well, yeah. let's get into it in spoilers. But, and then there's some last act <laughs> twists that just are just laughable. It's Which just, you see a mile a coming from a mile away too. It, it but is still. laughable. It is laughable. Um, but I actually like the action in this movie, and uh, I think if it had a little bit more, uh, it would have uh, been really good. I also think that uh, the movie treats autism as both a punchline as and as a superpower, mm-hmm. uh, yep. which is. Traveling. In some ways, like you know, does damage to the to our perception of of autistic people and the autistic community, uh, and I think it's so bad it's good, guys. I think it is so oh, ridiculous dude. that it's kind of like ah, oh, like it's, it's if it was shorter, it like flips, it, yeah, I, I agree, I agree, it's way too yeah. long. I agree. It's if way it too didn't long. feel like a torture like session, if everybody else was in on the joke, because it does seem like some it, people they are play it straight, to make a they play movie. totally straight. Like J.K. Simmons is in a is like playing this whole thing like super straight you know i i'm very confused by everything that happens in this movie basically i, I, I think the last 10 minutes is is just insane like everything <laughs> that happens in the last 10 minutes is insane and so i think we need to get to it now but is any yeah. other thoughts before we get to the spoilers guys <sighs> let's get to spoilers right. i hope you're happy dave i hope you're happy because yeah. uh, this was all I you can't even spoilers for the account it's starting right now now you're looking for the secret. You're gonna see this coming. No. But you won't find it because of course. You're not gonna see this coming. You're not really looking. I have been puzzling over how it works. You don't really want to work it out. Who's in the box? I have been dying to tell you. I want to tell you my secret now. You want to be fooled. The central case here, right? Yeah. Is so uninteresting. <laughs> And so, well, hold, hold, hold on. Let's okay. Firstly, let, let's before we get to that, Jeff. Uh, w- this guy's. You said this is a, like Batman. His superpower in this movie is um, having his photo taken without his face in it. <laughs> like, yeah. When, he, yeah. when there's like fifty photos and like everyone, his face is just slightly off the camera. Yeah, this pretty. It's like unintentionally hilarious. I think <laughs> it's pretty funny. Um, like really, just like every single one of these, he happened to know where the camera was and just turned away. Anyway, that's, that's how good he is. That's how good he is. Okay, so uh, put, putting putting that aside. Okay, um, if there's too much heat, too much heat on him, right? So he's like, let's take a job with a legitimate company, this robotics company. Uh, but turns out the robotics company uh, is not on the up and up, and all, like is not you know um, legitimate. Mm-hmm. And not only, but for some reason they hired him to get to the bottom of it, even though he's legend in the accounting world. Right. It makes well, no I mean, sense. I, I mean, that I can kind of the the, the theory there is we want to be so ironclad that we can hire the best guy in the world to right. look into it and make sure that we are. You know, I think they even completely. mentioned that at the end of the movie, like in yeah. one line. I mean, They're it like seems a, pretty ironclad if, if Anna Kendrick's character could catch it. 
So, but then, yeah, <laughs> right. But then uh, their solution is we're just going to murder those people uh, that saw that found the evidence. <laughs> so, like, the idea is let's make it so ironclad that nobody can figure it out. Oh crap! Somebody figured it out. Well, let's murder them, and nobody else will figure but it out. They're what? good guys. You see, they want to use this money to help people. Uh, with prosthetics, but they also don't have any problems ordering a hit squad. Uh, yeah, on, yeah. On I, I, I mean, you know, um, yeah. Uh, which I understand because they're the only prosthetics company in the world, right? Like no other people can help uh, people with with, uh, yes. with the need for prosthetics. So yeah, yeah. All right. So like, we haven't even got, we haven't gotten to the ending yet, guys. We have not even gotten. Let, let's to the before ending. we get to the ending because there's. <laughs> I have questions like. At one point, we're in in prison. And yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's yeah, he uh, goes to prison. Jeffrey why? Tambor's character. Like, why is Jeffrey Tambor in this movie? I know it kind of all. He he like together, trained. He trained Ben Affleck. He's how he's yeah. how Ben Affleck got tied up into all the shady. Yeah, yeah. but counting yeah. apropos that he of nothing, at some point we are in a prison, and yeah. we see him talking to Jeffrey Tambor, and it feels like a complete act of the film got chopped out. Right, it just—it's well, such whiplash to get to that scene. Well, Why was he even in prison? Was it? He was in prison because of the fight that happens at the funeral where his dad okay. gets killed. So he goes to and prison because of that fight. Meets Jeffrey Tambor, who helps him for some reason. Right, right. Because he, he, they have account. They are accounting buddies. Yeah, they're accounting That's buddies. What you, yeah, when you go to prison, they they put you with the person that you're most likely to get along with. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, so they become accounting buddies and he shares all his accounting secrets. There's no reason at all for the accountant to have been established in this movie as doing accounting for the mob and for shady. Yeah. Like that does that does not do anything for our story other than give the FBI a reason to go searching for him. But it turns out good. But it turns out that's not the reason they're searching for him anyway. So it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It also makes me wonder what. What is his life? Like, what is his motivation? Like, right. I guess I, I don't mind rooting for a character who's doing bad things. I, that's the entire premise of, like, the Bourne series, you know, and, like, him coming to terms with that. This is a movie that presents him as a guy who works for mobsters and crime outfits and everything. Uh, has no problem taking care of himself and killing them if he needs to. But why Why is he even doing that at all? I don't know why anything <laughs> like, why isn't happens. he just helping, like, yes. uh, like exactly. legitimate people? Guy, you know? Just yeah. help. Just, just help people do the do that thing. <laughs> yeah, it, it felt it felt like that? another like a piece of another movie was grafted onto this one. Like that that element yeah. of him like doing uh, uh, accounting for crime lords. You know, it felt like it just had no place in this film. Yeah, so. and all the time that is spent tracking him down, we're hanging out with the FBI lady while she's like sitting in an office with an IRS dude tracking him down. It couldn't be less interesting to me, and. Uh, Again, unnecessary. Like we, she finds his house just so we can walk through his house and see where that his he, cameras that he's are. He's a Gatling gun. Uh, yeah, yeah. None but of that. None of that pays off ever. It all, right? all it does is get to the moment of like giant exposition scene where <laughs> you know we hear exactly what's been happening this whole time and like it, it's the movie is so clumsily written on every level. Man. What's the uh, what's the phrase for the, for the gun in the movie that'll show up later? Uh, Chekhov's gun. Yeah, th- this movie has a Chekhov's Gatling gun, and I think that <laughs> but says. The, but the, so it much. never the, it never yes. comes back. That's exactly. the problem. It's exactly. not. It's a non Chekhov's Gatling gun. It even screws that up. I guess I don't know. It just <laughs> felt weird. Like also, 
I you still need cameras in the front of your house, even if you have a giant, you know, fucking gun. I don't. Yeah, I, don't I, I mean, look at guys. I mean, just just think about this. Some props person needed to either design, build, and or like borrow Fire. a Gatling gun, build it into the ceiling of this garage, for what? For what? <laughs> just just so you know, he has a Gatling gun. It just and then no other reason. No other reason. It's bizarre. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, the idea of him, like, being this highly trained killer who's using that to be able to do the books for bad guys, he's the only one that can do it because he's the only one smart enough to do it, but also the only one that can defend himself if they turn on him. That's the idea? That's stupid. It's dumb. All right. Yeah. Let's get to the that, ending. That's basically me, by the way, for most of this movie. That's stupid. I just want to shout that at the screen. Yeah. So, but it's but it, more than more than just being stupid, it's also really not fun to watch Ben Affleck try to not smile through the entire movie. Right. Like, like it, there's nothing fun about hanging out with this character. Right. Right. The finale of this film commits three crimes. <laughs> okay. Crime number one: uh, Joe Berenthal's character is Ben Affleck character's brother. Yeah. And but you, you kind of knew that halfway through the movie, though, right? Because they kept showing his brother in the flashbacks. I was like, oh, <laughs> that's going to come back. That's something. Right. And and obviously I, I, I love how like that scene with the dad is so <laughs> over the top in the car when he's like, all right, go fight those kids now. Like, go kick their ass. And they just, they just run away. They just run away. And it's just nuts. And so anyway... It felt like he was trying to. It felt like Gavin O'Connor. I don't know, you know, to what <laughs> what decision this was his. This is a sequel to Warrior. By yeah, the way. it really felt like he brothers. was trying to, like, well, the Warrior thing. It, you know, people turning out to be brothers. The writer of this script was Bill <laughs> Dubuque, by the way, who wrote The Judge. People yeah. turning out to be brothers is is going to be like gavin o'connor's tell it's gonna be like how in shane black movies like every movie takes place in christmas at the end of every gavin o'connor movie they're gonna be brothers i think is really <laughs> what we're, we get the sense of from now on. so uh ridiculous plot thing very soapy very melodramatic the second soapy family related uh finale thing for a ben affleck character this year too so but like i, I I did oh, get yeah. a little bit of pleasure just them cutting back to John Lithgow <laughs> and him just being like, what yeah. the fuck is happening? For five minutes. Yeah. yeah. Just like, huh? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> he's like the surrogate for the audience right there. And he's just like, is this really how this is going to be resolved? Yeah. <laughs> talk about, talk about what two have I opposite, got myself into? Talk about yeah. two opposite poles for that yeah. guy. I mean, he, on the one hand, he's devoted his life to uh, – helping people with robotics on the other hand he's totally cool like bringing in 50 mercenaries to try yeah. and murder these people I, um, you could almost see it in john lithgow's eyes by the way it's like i'm john, I'm john lithgow yeah. i am i'm a famed actor of stage and cinema what am i doing here <laughs> well there's a little glint of like did the check clear no. um, okay okay so that's crime number one crime number wait, two wait, wait 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 before you before you move on from that <laughs> Why does that guy walk back into that room? If he's been watching this on camera the whole time, why doesn't he just leave the premises? Yeah, All like, he has to do is leave. He would be well, alive he, right now. He had to monologue, dude. He, he had a monologue inside building up. He had to, he had to get it out. So that's my explanation. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Crime number two. 
uh, <laughs> that awful, awful uh, scene where Ben Affleck is driving away with the song playing and he sent Anna Kendrick this, Pollock, this Jackson Pollock painting. I've had enough of Ben Affleck movies where it ends with him staring yes. off into the distance wistfully. Looking at you, the town. Yeah, the town. Oh, my gosh. The ending of the town yeah. is so horrible. Uh, and this <laughs> just brought back you know, PTSD memories of that. Okay? So that's crime number two. Uh-huh. Crime number three, facilitated communication. Yeah. This is a pseudoscience that has long been disproven uh, in the autistic community. But it's basically this idea that... Uh, autistic people, they're just like they're they're living in their own world, and if only someone could help them communicate with the world, uh, they'd be able to do all sorts of wonders, right? And so the the facilitated communication started with this idea that hey, um, you can take uh, an autistic person and pair them with a facilitated communicator and have them point at words or letters on a page, and that autistic people can like who are otherwise incapable of speaking can then speak to the world through this communicator. Unfortunately, it turns out that the whole thing is bunk. It's very much like a Ouija board effect where like the communicator themselves is actually shaping the communication to be what they want. And it has caused a lot of damage because basically what's happened in the world of facilitated communication is uh, people uh, who are the communicators have fallen in love with the people who are they're facilitating and they'll like have sex with them. But because like these people can't actually provide consent They'll be charged with sexual assault. Like this has happened multiple times already. <laughs> it was the subject of a, a very high-profile New York Times article called "The Curious Case of Anna Stubblefield." Very riveting article. Anyway, uh, in a final slap to the face, the movie comes out for facilitated communication in both voiceover and also showing you that Ben Affleck's uh, handler or whatever was was that his sister, right, the whole time. I don't uh, think it's his sister, no. No, that was oh, the oh, daughter sorry. of the dude. Yeah, daughter of the dude who works at that uh, facility. They had right? a moment in the first scene of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's right, that's right. Uh, so, yeah, uh, it, it implies that, hey, if, if, if autistic people only had this, uh, super you know, computer. this amazing, yes, yeah, the supercomputer, like, the they could... technology, yeah. Like, they could, uh, you know, sound like geniuses as well. Uh, and unfortunately, it's like a pseudoscience that will never die because it's kind of like uh, the anti-vax movement. You know, right. it's kind of like if you tell someone who has an autistic child, hey, did you know your child can like write novels if you only just give them a computer? You know, like if you like help them, like, of course, they're going to say, wow, that's amazing. Uh, and it plays off people's like desires Desire. in a way right. that's like, uh, in my opinion, very upsetting. And so I didn't like that the movie – basically came out for facilitated communication as a practice. Um, so all that stuff I just said happened in the last 10 minutes of the movie. <laughs> it was like a triple whammy of badness that yeah. um, was pretty rough, guys. It's so I want to talk about Jack Reacher too, though. I just want to say, because like, these movies are so similar, also with like the slightly overdone evil villain. But Jack Reacher just does it so much better because it knows what it was, it, what it's really doing. I guess. And you, yeah. Yeah. It's better in ev- on every level. Mm-hmm. I just want to step through my Batman comparison. Yeah. Okay. Please, let's do it. So this is a kid, this is a man who uh, watches his father bleed out in front of him as, and it catapults him into a life of uh, mercenariness. Okay. Uh, he has a 
a handicapped uh, assistant who talks to him remotely and helps him through all of his situations, mm-hmm. like Oracle. He has a, a guy that he trained with that he has a uh, fragile relationship, sometimes antagonistic relationship. His, his Nightwing is, uh, you know, the, his brother. He, ha- he has a, uh, a Commissioner Gordon who is both tracking him and also he is helped by him all the time. Uh, he has a bat cave uh, where he goes to that has a tricked out technology and all and anything he could possibly need at the at the drop of a hat <laughs> and a uh, lot of great fine art as well yes yeah. um what else guys uh, i mean this <laughs> oh, is uh, he, he's kind of a detective as well right right yeah right he's he's the world's greatest detective <laughs> in a certain field but yeah. also is highly trained by all of the greatest uh, assassins. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm mean, really disappointed you didn't make this into a Boom Goes the Dynamite joke, Jeff. I mean, well, yeah, it's the yeah. long. It would be the longest <laughs> Boom Goes the Dynamite joke ever because it's e- e- beat by beat by beat. And this okay, so, so you're, what you're saying is, is it has a lot of elements of a really awesome character. It has, aka Batman. So what's wrong it, with the movie, Jeff? It doesn't have the one thing that you need to be Batman: the pageantry. It's it's lacking the pageantry, the costuming, the fun. It's lacking the fun. Also, any kind of um, intelligence. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not as fun as Batman v Superman was. Am I right, guys? <laughs> <laughs> oh man! All right. Well, it's such a bad movie. <laughs> How bad did movie. this get made? It that's really- my like. At, at some point, like they had to have read the whole script. Right, like they had to know. It's not like you get to like they're filming the rest of the movie. They get to the end, they're like, "Well, too late now." Uh, no, <laughs> they had to knew this was all coming. It's it's just shocking. They definitely don't make movies like this anymore because we learned better, we improved. <laughs> God. Uh, all right. If you ever want to see Batman versus the Punisher, I guess you you get it here. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of fun. All right, guys. Uh, well, that's our review of The Accountant, and I should point out that, you know, we talk every week on the Slice Filmcast about what movies we're going to review, and I advocated strongly for The Accountant, uh, and I have no regrets. So, <laughs> Go back and watch those trailers now, and uh, you'll see why I was also, like, worried from the start, Dave. All right. For, you know, I, I traded uh, American Honey for The Accountant, um, so now I, I have to watch The American Honey now, you know? One of the best movies of the year for one of the worst. <laughs> Good job, Dave. Yep, I know. So I came out Good on job. top, didn't I, Devendra? Yeah. I came out on top. All right. <laughs> anyway, stay tuned to your OB reviewing next week. Um, but in the meantime, uh, find more episodes of this podcast at slashfilmcast.com. Email us at slashfilmcast at gmail.com. And uh, where can I find more of your work on the internet uh, this week, Jeff Kanata? Oh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Jeff Kanata with two N's and one T. You can check out other shows that I do, including my video game show DLC, which you can find at 5x5.tv slash DLC. And uh, my comedy science show is called We Have Concerns. You can find that at wehaveconcerns.com. How about you, Devendra? Oh, you can find me on Twitter at, at Devendra, and I write about tech and gadget.com. And, uh, yeah, I still can't believe people were clapping for this movie in my theater. <laughs> Maybe all- they were just happy it was over. Find no, all- they, they were enjoying it. Find all my stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, I was right there with them, guys, <laughs> until the last 10 minutes. Uh, find all my stuff at DaveChen.me. 
And uh, find my film, The Primary Instinct, at Hulu and at theprimaryinstinct.com, where you can buy it DRM-free, uh, as well as uh, with your very favorite services. Uh, next week, we'll be reviewing Jack Reacher, Never Look Back. Is that right? Is that what it's called? What do you, what do you think the account Never Go secret? Back. Never Sorry. Go Back. Never Go Back. I knew it was one of those Never Something Back. Never titles. Go Back the to the character you played. Be created, or like be called, because it's the it, one opening weekend. We'll probably see another one of these stupid movies. So. Uh, yeah, uh, the account. I think you called it the accountant to still counting. Yeah, still right? accountant. It all adds up. <laughs> something something red. I don't yeah. know. The accountant. Uh, you know, permanent debit. Clear ledger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, clear ledger, exactly right. <laughs> clear ledger, that's a good one. Um, you know, finding balance. Wait, yeah, no, that's not the accountant, story. the final deduction. Yeah, the final deduction. I like that, Jeff. Like they don't that, count Jeff. your lucky stars. All right, <laughs> this, this podcast is over. Thanks for listening to the official podcast, slashfilm.com. We're out. I think so, the entire after dark should just be us doing accountant subtitles. Yeah, uh, I think uh, I, I wanted the to tell you guys in the red. <laughs> Sorry, there you go. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> I wanted to tell you guys about this lift ride I had on the way back from uh, okay. the airport. Um, so I got back from Chicago last night and took a lift back home. And uh, sometimes, like the the lift drivers are very engaging and they have really interesting stories. And uh, and this guy was one of those people where he had these really crazy stories. Um, but he he's one of those people that like s- sits near the airport and drives people from the airport. And I was like, why do you do that? And he's like, because in general, people who you pick up at the airport are not drunk. Uh, and they want you to take them directly home, so you're not like driving in in like within a city where it might like traffic might be difficult. Uh, but he started telling me about some of the most crazy things that happened while he was driving. And uh, one that was interesting, I thought, was uh, one one time this woman got so drunk that she just started removing her clothes in the back seat until she was completely naked. And uh, <laughs> And he didn't know what was happening because he was driving. And then he like looked back at one point and he's like started freaking out because uh, that that is a tricky situation. Like yeah. it, you know, like if she like makes some accusation, you know, of sexual misconduct or whatever, like it could go really badly for him. This so is why you have a car camera. Exactly, I recommended that, and he said it's on the way. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> but park up in front of a police station, walk in, uh, got a naked woman in my car. <laughs> He, he I don't also, know what to do about it. He also told me, like, another reason he prefers the airport and people not being drunk. Firstly, some people just throw up in the car, right? Yes. Which is just yeah. – it, it's, it's impossible to clean the smell completely. So that sucks. But then something else that he said happens is people often uh, tell him to go to a destination that is wrong or, that, or they yeah. don't even know what the destination is. Right. Like that they'll say, okay, he'll get in. Someone will get in and they'll just say, hey, go. Like drive – drive towards this direction right and they won't input the destination on the phone and then he'll drive like he'll be like five miles into the trip and they'll get there and he'll, he'll, he'll say well th- this is not my house like this is not <laughs> it's not here 
This is not my beautiful house. Yeah, <laughs> this is not my beautiful <laughs> wife. Uh, and then, you know, they still pay him for the money, like for the trip, but he's, he's across town in the middle of nowhere and the client is very unhappy. Uh, because they're not where they want to be. Their own address. They're not where they want to. Yeah, because they forgot their own address. Um, Because they're so drunk. I'm right there with you. One of my favorite things to do whenever I take an Uber or or any kind of uh, situation like that is is engage the driver in in stories about their worst experiences. Mm -hmm. And it is so fascinating to me what they deal with. Um, Yeah. Do you you always do you remember? I'm trying. I was sitting here trying to remember a few, but I, I remember the times that they told me, but I don't remember the thing that they said specifically. But it, there's been some insane, and it's always you know drunk people or, um, you know, drunk people. Well, when, yeah, like he uh, he told me about one couple that started fighting, like actively fighting in the back seat, and yeah. to the point where he needed to pull over the car and call the police because they were being so violent with each other, uh, wow. and that happened like last week. So anyway. Yeah. It just gave me a little appreciation of what Lyft drivers go through. Um, yeah. Don't don't be drunk to your Lyft drivers. Is 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 the main <laughs> message here? Is there a is there a reason you you do Lyft over Uber? It's because uh, Lyft is really spending on the marketing these days. <laughs> so they gave me like a hundred dollars of free credits, like mm. like five dollars off my next twenty rides. So uh, yeah, you cannot so. go to any tech conference in, in California without a person handing you a card for some mm-hmm. free Lyft money. Mm. Do you think they're going to make Davindra? You're you're a quasi expert in the tech field. Uh, do you think you're gonna they're going to make it? Uh, I I don't know. I heard that they're going to stop doing a lot of the couponing stuff that they used to do. So they they used to spend a lot of money on that stuff, and they're not going to do as much anymore. I mean, do, do you think that there's room in this market for two competitors like I, Uber? And I Lyft? always prefer two to three companies yes. doing a thing, and I don't want Uber to be the thing. So, so for that reason alone, for that reason yeah. alone, you should root for Lyft. Um, yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. I try to use Lyft when I can. Last question, guys. Let me ask you guys this before we wrap up for today. PSVR, complete waste of money or completest waste of money? No. Uh, <laughs> I'm curious, curious what your thoughts are on PSVR. Uh, it is super cool. Because it is like uh, the cheapest, easiest way to get VR right now, basically. Right? Yeah, if you can afford it, and yeah, yeah then, then fine. But know that you are entering uncharted territory and not like the game uncharted like uncharted territory and that you may be buying an expensive thing that won't be supported much next year or in a couple of years so you're you're paying for the privilege of this is like the, the the sega 3dx exactly of uh of video game extensions or the sega cd I'm thinking Sega CD because it just it, it's all the expansion stuff makes it seem like oh this is a whole other thing on top of your console uh, that few people will buy. It's super cool. It works well. Uh, did you get yours, Jeff? I did. Yeah, yeah. Digging it. Uh, let me ask you a question, Dave. Have you ever wanted to be the Batman? <laughs> Always. Yeah, Always. You, dude. <laughs> the Batman VR experience, while very brief, yeah, is game changer it's i mean it's, it's so rad it's but there, so I, I i take everything I jeff more. says about vr and probably knock it down like two notches <laughs> and then i feel like that's probably about how i'd feel about it so and then, feel yeah, so then you, you literally reach out yeah. take batman's cowl place it on your own head that's cool and then look in a mirror and you are the batman that's and cool you get, you get to like move around. It, it's a mirror. It works. It, it's it's there, you've never had. But that's like that's like thirty seconds of fun. You know, that's like oh, this is cool. It's moving my arms. You can make Batman do a little dance. Yeah. Um, the rest dance. of the game, some of it's cool, 
There's no, there's like no combat and none of the really fun stuff. Like, I give me the map, the Batmobile careening down, you know, Gotham streets at a hundred miles per hour. Give me that in VR. Uh, this is mainly walking around and doing a lot of detective work. That's super cool, man. I don't know. I'm into <laughs> it. I, as you said, I'm an evangelist for P- yeah. VR. Super but I, Hypercube. That yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I really like Super Hyper. Thumper. Thumper. Yes. It's awesome. Um, there's, there's actually, it's a very strong launch lineup for, uh, for this tech and, uh, lots of really interesting things to do. And, you know, I, I had my mother-in-law here the other night, um, and she wanted to try it. She'd heard about it and I put her in the, um, the shark experience, the way you go underwater with the shark. Nice. And she was loving it. She's like, this is amazing. This is amazing. Oh my gosh, everybody, you got to try this. You know, it, it is, people think it's like. 3D TVs or you know we waggle or whatever that it's it, but it is is not the experience is truly something you have never done before you are inside a game world and and I, if you haven't tried it for yourself I don't think you understand quite how special an experience it is that's the hard sell for VR right people have to actually try it to see uh, but even then like it's we need more good games and PSVR is like the first. Yeah, you know, VR system with a decent lineup of launch games. Well, uh, I, I watched your very good uh, video review, Devendra, and I did not see anything there that would make me want to buy. Yeah, just um, wait. Buy the yeah. PS4 Pro. Did you buy that yet? Or no, I'm plan- planning on it. Planning on it. But yeah. that's the thing. Like, I, even if you have a PS4, I actually think the PS4 Pro may be a better investment right now than. Yeah, I'm uh, pre-ordered. Very excited. Nice. Yeah. I'm I'm still waiting still waiting for that killer app that's gonna make me run out and, and invest in the VR. Did you not hear me say be the Batman? Come on. When you come to uh when you come to New York, Dave, do the Ghostbusters thing and meta M two Sodes, because that is that's something. All right. Yeah. Multi room, multi person, all being tracked in like the same physical environment, but also the same virtual environment. It's expensive, but it's super cool. Dave wants the be the accountant. <laughs> Clear the books. You have 20 hours. No smiles. 